Gamecock fans, have you ever wondered what it would be like to have a Hard Knocks-esque series covering the South Carolina football program? Well, if you have, I got a real treat for you on today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn, the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and as I alluded to at the beginning of the show, the South Carolina Gamecocks, for the first time ever, are going to have a little mini-series covering everything that takes place behind the scenes for South Carolina's football program leading up to the 2022 football season. I'll be covering all the information surrounding this miniseries announcement at the beginning of the show. Plus, I'll be talking about a cryptic tweet from a defensive line target for South Carolina for the 2023 cycle and what this tweet could potentially mean in the near future. And then lastly... I'll talk about a few things that I'm going to be paying attention to at SEC Media Days regarding some of South Carolina's 2022 opponents. I'll be covering all of that on today's show, but before I get started, as always, thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day, free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. All right. So let's start off with what was obviously the biggest news coming out of Friday afternoon as South Carolina's athletic department made an official announcement that the South Carolina Gamecocks are going to have a five-part miniseries airing on ESPNU covering South Carolina's fall camp and a bunch of the inner workings of the football program that many of the common fans do not get to see. You can find some more information on the series on this article that was posted by Gamecocks Online, but a few takeaways from the article when I read it earlier today. There's going to be five episodes that are going to be airing all on ESPNU over a five-week period. It will start on Wednesday, August 10th, at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So be sure to set your DVRs up on August 10th. And it will end the Wednesday after the Georgia State game in week one, which will be on September the 7th. And as I mentioned earlier, this is going to give fans a behind-the-scenes look into South Carolina's football program like never before, giving us looks at the team's players, the coaches, and the staff preparing for the 2022 football season. And it'll also include certain things like team practices, some coach meetings, and some other behind-the-scene activities and occurrences, which, again, people rarely ever get to see. It will give South Carolina fans a chance to get a peek behind the curtain as to how Shane Beamer's day-to-day operations work. So, what are my overall thoughts on this miniseries? Well, For very obvious reasons, 
I think that this is an extremely smart move by Shane Beamer, the football staff, and the administration for putting this together and, of course, getting some partnerships with some media groups in order to make this happen. Now, obviously, I'll go ahead and get this out of the way. It does kind of stink that the miniseries is going to air on ESPNU, but the bottom line is this. This is obviously a humongous opportunity for South Carolina to get nationwide exposure on their football program, which is why I think this is such a smart move. I've mentioned this point before in my college football realignment video that I did a while back, but to rehash my point real quickly, in order to be able to build your brand, you need to have a vast and wide audience in order for the brand to be able to fully reach its true potential. Do you think that Clemson's brand, for example, would have been able to grow if they just continue to show certain things to just their fan base in the state of South Carolina? No. That's why they made a series called the Clemson Vlogs on YouTube or the Clemson Vlog. And that that vlog series has done wonders for Clemson in terms of having an easy way in order to be able to expose their program and what all happens in their program to people from across the globe and therefore be able to show people what it is like to be a Clemson Tiger. In this case now, Shane Beamer and this program are going to have a great opportunity to show everybody what it is like to be a South Carolina Gamecock. Now, there's a few particular groups in which this five-episode miniseries is going to have a vast reach for. The first group being just a general die-hard college football fans. Listen, I'll be honest myself. I have reached a point this offseason where I am now finding myself going on YouTube every once in a while, looking up some old games from the 2021 season and watching those games, not necessarily full because obviously I don't have that much free time on my hands, but, you know, 10 to 15 minute videos of all the biggest highlights from some of the best college football games we had this past season. I am that antsy for college football to come back. And so college football fans who are right now are just starved for any content, any morsel of the 2022 football season that they can get. They are no longer now just going to have hard knocks as an option. If they particularly like college football more than the NFL, now they're going to have South Carolina's Welcome Home miniseries to watch every Wednesday night. And that is a big deal no matter what fan base you are reaching to. The second group that this kind of miniseries is definitely going to have an effect on is prospective recruits. Listen, there's no doubt that this miniseries is going to be used as a way to sell the football program. And obviously, all of you fans that pay attention to recruiting closely enough, you know yourselves. When recruits come and leave our facilities, obviously, they always talk glowingly about the coaching staff, about how they really care about the off-field relationships with players, how awesome the facilities are, especially players who maybe didn't have very, maybe didn't have the best idea of just how good South Carolina's facilities are when coming on to a visit. Now, South Carolina's got a chance to maybe reach prospects that maybe beforehand wouldn't have considered South Carolina as heavily, or maybe they have heard of South Carolina and they would like to maybe be able to take a visit, but due to certain circumstances, maybe they're too far away from the state of South Carolina, they're not able to. This is a perfect way to be able to reach those recruits in a big way. And then the last group that this is obviously going to have a big reach to will be the national media for college football who maybe 
they don't know South Carolina very well as a football program, period, or they just don't pay very much attention to the program. These national media members, when they see how Shane Beamer treats everybody the exact same in the operations building, how personable he is, how much this staff truly cares for the players, how the entire operation runs. This is how you get more media members to talk about your program. And listen, any exposure, any airtime that South Carolina's football program can get, for the most part, is going to be good for the program, as long as it's not involving maybe a coach's uh, you know, negative remarks about another program or maybe a player getting in trouble, it's going to be good in nature. And for all of the reasons that I just mentioned, this is such a smart move. And, you know, I, I've said, I say this to myself over and over again when I see stuff like this, but for the first time I can say it now on this podcast, Shane Beamer just gets it. He continues to show South Carolina fans why he was such a good hire from the very beginning. There's just so many things about present-day, modern-day college football that he just understands a lot better than other coaches. And part of it is the fact that, while the media sometimes can get on coaches' nerves, especially when maybe things aren't going their way, the media is your friend. The media is how you can help to build up your program and grow your brand. And Shane Beamer gets that, and I think it's a big reason why this series is taking place. I think this is such a smart move. And I think that you will see after this miniseries is over, there will be more people talking about South Carolina than there were heading into this miniseries debuting on August the 10th. So really big moves being made here by Shane Beamer and the football program. Now, when talking about prospective recruits, there is one defensive line recruit out there that I feel like South Carolina has been in good position for for a very good while now. And that particular recruit sent out a certain tweet also on Friday that has led some people to believe that there is a chance that he could potentially be ending his recruiting process very soon. Who was this prospect and what did he say? I'll get into all of that in just a moment after a quick word from our friends over at LinkedIn. Now, as the sun comes up and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Myself being a recent college graduate, I've been able to stay in touch and create a network with many people who are alumni of the University of South Carolina. When you use LinkedIn Jobs, you can create a job post in minutes to reach both your own personal network and a worldwide professional network consisting of 810 million people. You can also add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile, which helps to find the right people that fit the description of the job to a T. Using tools like screening questions to filter through candidates and populate viable choices. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus other leading competitors in the industry. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job once again for free. Terms and conditions still apply. Also, out of curiosity, which NFL stars do you think move the betting lines the most? Starting July 18th, Lockdown will give you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Lockdown NFL, wherever you get your podcasts, and also on YouTube. Okay, 
Now, getting back to the prospective recruit that I mentioned briefly earlier. The recruit that I'm referring to here is Monteek Rams out of Sumter High School in Sumter, South Carolina. The four-star edge defender who has for a long time been a priority target of the South Carolina defensive coaching staff and Shane Beamer alike. And South Carolina has been the perceived leader from pretty much everybody who follows recruiting closely for a good while now. And Montique Ramps may be getting close to finally making his announcement. As he sent out a tweet late Friday evening saying, quote, I'm blessed. I'm humble. I'm ready for the movie I'm going to make from now on. Stay tuned. So obviously with this kind of message, he is very much hinting at the fact that it seems like that announcement is going to be coming on his end in the near future. And if I had to guess right now, at what point he could probably make this announcement. First of all, I'm going to, I'm just being completely honest. This definitely sounds like he could potentially be making his commitment. And I believe that Montique Rams, just an educated guess. I think that he will probably make this announcement that he's referring to by, by the time we reach about August 3rd or 4th this next month. As around that point, pretty much all the high school football teams in the state of South Carolina will have started their fall camps. And I think that Montique Rams would like to be able to put full focus on that and trying to help his team win football games in the fall. And if that's the case, then once again, I'll reiterate, I still like South Carolina's position here a great deal. I think that South Carolina has pretty much been the leader here for a long time now. And I don't really see any other teams that could sneak in here. NC State, I think, has made a big push to really try and get more in this game. But this is just a case where, honestly, I just think that Monty Gramps, I think he likes the prospects of being able to stay close to home, play for the home state team in South Carolina. And again, he's been a priority target for this coaching staff for a very long time now. It's not like South Carolina just tried to jump in and offer Monty like a month or two ago. They have been going after him for forever. So I think that Monteek really knows how much this staff values him on the recruiting board and how much they want him. And combine all of those factors together, I think South Carolina is in a great position here if Monteek Rams is indeed announcing some sort of commitment in the near future. Now, of course, Monteek Rams is not the only piece of news that we're going to be following in the coming days. We're also going to be paying attention to SEC Media Days, which has started up today, as a matter of fact. And there are going to be a few things that maybe don't directly relate to South Carolina, but in a way could still affect South Carolina with certain particular opponents that I'm going to be paying attention to. What are those particular factors? I'll be discussing all of that in just a couple moments after a quick message from our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information where you'll find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including college football and NFL futures, regular season Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC all the way to boxing. BetOnline acts as a continuous source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and much, much more. So be sure to head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so real quickly now, I'm going to get into a few questions that I'm going to have heading into SEC Media Days regarding not just the conference but also some of South Carolina's opponents that they'll be facing this upcoming season. 
So my first question is going to be, what is Greg Sankey going to say regarding the recent reports of expansion apparently ending for now in the SEC at 16 teams? I'm going to be very intrigued by how Greg Sankey addresses all of this. Obviously, there was a lot of talk that the SEC could potentially maybe go after certain teams in the ACC, like Clemson, like Miami, Florida State got thrown out there, North Carolina got thrown out there, and I think even Virginia got thrown out there in a couple of certain reports. But obviously, there's been so much thrown out there that really, truthfully, besides the people who are higher ups for a lot of these universities and maybe even conference commissioners alike, the majority of us really don't have a solid idea of what is going on. And I'm not going to try to pretend to do that, but I do have a certain gut feeling regarding this recent announcement the conference made that is going to stand pat at 16 teams. I do believe that this will be the case in the near future. However, I also feel like that Greg Sankey and the SEC have made a big decision to sort of play the waiting game here. Obviously, the Big Ten is the conference that made the most recent blockbuster move this current summer period as they got Southern Cal and UCLA to agree to join the conference in 2024, which as of right now would be one year earlier than Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. There's also been a lot of talk, of course, that the Big Ten is pushing real hard to try to get Notre Dame to join their conference as Notre Dame is obviously a big national brand with a storied history in athletics and in, of course, college football. So with all this talk that has been going around, there's been this idea that's been thrown out there that pretty much expansion is not going to just stop at 16, 18 teams, that the Big Ten and the SEC are essentially just going to pick off all the remaining best teams and brands, per se, in the sport, and therefore turning into these super-duper mega conferences, basically. And I think that the SEC understands the line that they need to tote with all this, as obviously there's a lot of fans out there that are worried that this expansion is not good for the sport, and in a way, it could potentially kill the sport. Now, I certainly don't think this way. I don't think that maybe necessarily all the change is great. I don't like all of it personally myself, but I'm not willing to go as far as to say that the sport could potentially kill itself off as a product of everything that has been going on as of late with college football realignment. I think that Greg Sankey and the SEC officials are making a smart move here right now to paint this picture and say that we're not trying to expand anymore. We're just going to stand pat at 16 teams. And I do think that that is true. I also think that it's true that they would not do that if the Big Ten continues to make moves like they have been seemingly trying to make in recent weeks. Of course, this is all not going to happen overnight. This is a process that will take a couple years, but it'll be interesting to see how Commissioner Greg Sankey plans on addressing all of this at SEC Media Days with his sort of State of the Union-esque address for the conference. Now, another question that I have pertains to a particular opponent of South Carolina's, that being the Florida Gators. And that question is, how will Florida head coach Billy Napier look when he steps to the podium at SEC Media Days? Obviously, SEC Media Days is a pretty big deal for these football coaches. This is a chance for each football coach in the conference to be able to stand up in front of media from all across the southeastern portion of the United States and be able to pretty much give their pitch as to how their team looks going into next season, how excited they are for next season, how confident they are that you know certain things are going to work out, and sort of maybe recap last season very briefly as well. And so, because of all of that, 
It's a very important media day session for a couple of these coaches like Billy Napier and Brian Kelly, of course, of LSU, as they're going to be first-year head coaches in the SEC. Billy Napier does have experience in the SEC conference, but this will be his first time as a head coach. And Billy Napier, of course, is the latest in what has been a string of seemingly bad head coach hires that Florida has made for the last 10 to 12 years. Obviously, starting off with Will Muschamp after Urban Meyer had retired for like a year and then went on to Ohio State. And then was then followed up by Jim McElwain, which obviously was a complete disaster at the end. Then they followed it up with Dan Mullen, and Dan Mullen looked like it would be a promising hire for the first few years, and then everything completely changed, and he was fired. Now, they have moved to Billy Napier, and to be honest with y'all, Billy Napier comes off to me as another world must champ in the sense that he pretty much has a lot of football cliches that he says in his press conferences, and... He really says a whole lot in terms of like the amount of words that he uses without really giving a whole lot of context or meaning to his statements. So I think that it's going to be very important for Billy Napier to maybe try to be a little bit more personable with the media, kind of, you know, not be too afraid to maybe dig into the fact that, hey, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge at Florida in his first year. Florida still has talent in certain spots, and obviously they'll point to Anthony Richardson immediately, but there are certain areas where Florida also understands that they need to get better. I've heard that the defensive line, for example, is apparently very thin behind the starting lineup. So it's going to be very interesting for a lot of fans to sort of see how Billy Napier handles all that. And if he decides to maybe go up there and kind of, I don't want to say really give a lot of drivel, but honestly, just sort of try to throw out a lot of stuff that, again, is common coach speak in regards to his football team. So I'll be very interested to sort of see how all that plays out. Also, Kirby Smart is bringing Stetson Bennett with him to SEC Media Days. And there's no doubt that because of this, there's going to be some questions from certain media members surrounding Bennett's status as QB1 for the Bulldogs heading into the 2022 football season. Now, some of you who may be watching this may be thinking, but Andrew, he won a national championship for Georgia last year. How on earth could his job be in jeopardy? Well, the thing is, Yes, Stetson Bennett is a national championship winning quarterback, but Stetson Bennett still had his moments last season where, quite frankly, he didn't play all that great. Even in the national championship game, he had a couple of throws that he did make, especially late in the game, but he also had a lot of mistakes that he made as well that could have costed them. And listen, Stetson Bennett was a part of the team. There's no question about that. Nobody's ever going to be able to tell Stetson Bennett that he wasn't a part of a national championship winning team. It's a big deal for him. However, that Georgia defense was a real big reason why Georgia was so great last year. Now, Georgia, of course, is still going to be extremely talented. I'm definitely not saying that they're going to have to try to restock the cupboard now for the next couple years and rebuild the roster. However, Georgia is losing a lot of defensive starters, and it's going to take a while for some of these guys to maybe get their feet wet now that they are the guys at their positions. So honestly, Stetson Bennett's going to have a lot more responsibility on his shoulders going to this next season. So the question is just how much leeway is he going to get from Kirby Smart? How confident is Kirby Smart himself that Stetson Bennett can be the guy that helps to lead them not only back to Atlanta, but also the college football playoff? It'll be very interesting, in my opinion, to see how both of these gentlemen respond to these questions. And then my last question pertains to Jimbo Fisher. 
and just how strong his beef with Nick Saban is still to this point after Nick Saban, of course, made those comments a while back about how Texas A&M basically paid players or recruits to come to Texas A&M. So, obviously, this was a big storyline when all this came out. Jimbo Fisher went out and had a whole press conference for about 15 minutes or so where he basically just slammed Nick Saban, not just as a coach, but also as a person. And a lot of people at the time, while they said that Nick Saban should not have made the comments that he made, that Jimbo Fisher crossed a really hard line as well in terms of him making personal attacks on Nick Saban's character. So the reason why, in my opinion, South Carolina fans should care about this a decent amount. Guess who Texas A&M plays before they come to Columbia to play South Carolina? They play Alabama, and they play them on the road. Now, yes, Texas A&M is going to have a bye week after the Alabama game before they come to South Carolina. And some people are going to think that that is automatically going to offset whatever ends up happening in Tuscaloosa on that day. I am not a part of that group. I think that, honestly, the Texas A&M Aggies, it, this may be a case where, honestly, the Alabama game could be their Super Bowl. Obviously, they had a lot of reason to be excited about the fact they beat the Crimson Tide at their home stadium this past year. Jimbo Fisher was the first ever former assistant of Sabans to ever defeat him in a head-to-head matchup. However, with everything that has happened off the field between Jimbo and Saban, how much is this going to affect the players going into that game? How emotionally spent could they be? And how much is Jimbo still thinking about all of that? I don't doubt for one second that Jimbo is probably going to make some brief remarks regarding all this. I don't expect him to go on a whole soliloquy for about five to ten minutes on the Nick Saban beef alone. However, I think it will still be important to see just how much is this still resting on Jimbo Fisher's mind. Because obviously, the players are going to take after their coach. And if they feel like the Jimbo feels he was so wronged by Nick Saban, then the players are going to stick up for him. And this could be something that creates a carryover effect into the South Carolina game with Texas A&M. It's going to be something that will be very interesting to watch as we go into the football season. And for that reason, I think it will be something to watch at SEC Media Days. So with all that being said, that is going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope that you all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. What are your thoughts on this new miniseries that just got announced this past Friday? How excited are you to finally get to see some behind-the-scenes action from South Carolina's practices, some of the coaches' meetings? What are you looking forward to the most out of that miniseries? How do you feel about Montique Rams? Do you think we have a really solid chance to land Montique Rams? Do you think maybe I'm reading into his tweet a little bit too much? And what are you going to be looking for at SEC Media Days that maybe doesn't completely pertain to South Carolina? Are there any other head coaches that you're interested in hearing from? Maybe any certain players? Is there any storylines that you're paying attention to that I didn't mention? I want to hear your thoughts down below in the comment section if you're listening to this on YouTube. If you're listening to this, however, on an audio podcast app, you can feel free to send me a message at A-Line underscore SC. And as I always say, I will try to respond to any replies or comments I get on Twitter as quickly as possible. And with SEC Media Days coming up, if you've enjoyed Locked On Gamecocks and want to get more news on the entire SEC conference, make Locked On SEC your second listen. Everyday host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in just 
30 minutes. Again, make Locked On SEC your second listen, of course, after you listen to Locked On Gamecocks. But once again, that's going to do for today's show. I hope you all have a great Monday, and I'll catch you on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.